Hello and welcome to Where the Living Room Used to Be, a podcast about Rhode Island's music scene. Hey everyone, it's James. On this bonus episode, Alex McLeod passes along some of the wisest advice about how to connect with an audience and truly be a pro musician. He also gives some tips on how to learn and advance your bluegrass talents. So I hope you enjoy, and as always, it means so much that you're checking this out. If you like the podcast, please subscribe wherever you're listening, and uh, definitely tell a friend. All of that will uh, really help out, and super appreciated. Thanks. So yeah, here with Alex McLeod, wanted to ask you, is there a piece of music advice that a bandmate, a, a mentor, uh, someone that's kind of in your sphere that you learned from them that like really kind of stuck with you that you'd like to pass along to someone else? Mm, I, yeah. So <clears throat> great question. Um, I would say the very first piece of advice I got was that from my dad. Who, okay. When I was playing in, in my first band called the Iron Skillet Band, he uh, I was playing at the Best Western in Keene, New Hampshire. It was a Monday night, so Monday night football, right? Playing mm-hmm. in the bar. Uh, he came out to see me, and you know, I was so excited about playing in my first bluegrass band. And I came off stage, and I thought, hit it out of the park! Right? <laughs> I am so pumped. And um, and he sat me down. He says, Alex, two things. One is I caught you watching the game. When you were up singing. <laughs> yeah. And secondly, he goes, you did 14 songs. And of the 14, 12 songs, there was more than 30 seconds between each song where no one in the band spoke to the audience. He goes, if you are performing to an audience, you are performing to the audience. You need to connect with them. If not, you might as well just stay at home. So oh, I went yeah. from feeling like I was 10 feet tall to feeling like I was about two feet tall. But yeah. But that was 1991, and that still rings true. And so when I'm up on stage now, I really do try and connect with the audience. And mm-hmm. I mean, maybe to a fault because my band says I talk too much, but, <laughs> um, you know, yeah. so, so, so that um, I, I would say for anyone new to the music, the best thing you can do is get out of your house with your instrument and go to a jam, go play with other people, go to a festival. Don't be shy. Um, if you have questions, ask. Bluegrass community mm-hmm. is so open and, and authentic. And there's slow jams. There's beginning jams. There's more accomplished. There's plenty of musicians that offer lessons, uh, one-on-one lessons in person or via Zoom. If you want to hone your craft or your skill, mm-hmm. do it. Do it. Because when the electricity goes out and your computer and phone and TV don't work, you can always grab your instrument and it'll be hours <laughs> of entertainment. Exactly. Um, yeah. And then we, we just played at Podunk, right? Another big festival that we were able to get yeah. into. This in year. Connecticut. Yeah. Yeah. In Connecticut. And again, had a really good first set. We thought we did really well. Uh, it was really well received, but a dear friend of mine um, who travels the country and sees bands all over the place and, and rubs elbows and hangs out with some of the biggest bands. He said, Alex, you know, he said, Alex, are we brothers? And I said, yeah, yeah, we're brothers, man. 
we're friends, right? We're just going to, I said, absolutely. We love each other as brothers. Can I give you some feedback? I said, yeah, please do. Um, there's no ego here. Mm-hmm. He goes, the only difference between your band and the big national bands that we see, you have it, musicality, you have everything, is that between every song, you look down at your set list. And I went, okay. what? He says, yeah. And when you're up performing, you're presenting a product. The audience doesn't need to know that you're relying on a set list. When you go up to a big festival, you bang out a show like it's your show and you own it. No set lists. And I went, whoa. But that's like, if you went to college, that's like a 400 level class. That's not a remember all. I need to remember all these songs and now I need to remember what order they're going to be in. Right, right. And then the rest of that weekend I watched, I sat next to him and I watched the bands. Mm-hmm. And there was another band, big national band. Well, getting a lot of national attention right now. And they were playing. They were doing the same thing. And every time my friend and I would look at each other and go, you see that? Yeah, I saw that too. Mm-hmm. And then you saw these other bands like the Poe Ramblin' Boys, who are just crushing it right now. Um, and they didn't look down at a set list once. They just they just forward roll, baby. They went through their set and it was just a show and it yeah. was entertaining. And that's that's where we're looking at. So I brought it, I brought that to the attention of the group and I said, second set, let's be mindful of that. And okay. Second set. We went from looking at the set list about 40 times collectively to three times. Yeah. And my friend said that was so much better. Yeah. Yeah. So that was some really great advice. So I think those three pieces of advice is. Yeah. No, that's awesome. And then, yeah, I mean, similar to that, but like more personal to you from your own experience of learning bluegrass Mm. or, you know, showing up, you know, like you were not this accomplished musician as you are now, back then, you were, were had butterflies, I'm assuming, in your stomach showing up to your first jam or that first show. Like, how does this stuff happen? You know, like what over these years that you've played and, and uh, you know, learned bluegrass, been on certain stages, like, are there certain things that, that you've kind of developed your own theories on that you'd like to, to share with someone? Well, I'm going to be honest with you, James. <clears throat> I have never really been shy of performing. I, I, what I, you suck. <laughs> I just, I love that. You know, I love it so much. Like I get more nervous when I'm up to bat playing in my old man softball league. Than I do, like playing yeah. on stage. Honestly, I just, yeah. I, um, well, that's I love, cool. I mean, I, yeah, that's awesome. I love playing so much, um, you know, that, um, you know, I'm more cautious and I am nervous, right? So last night to open up our show, we opened up with a song I had never played before. Mm-hmm. Classical bluegrass instrumental called Back Up and Push. But it's a one, four, five song. How hard, how hard could it be? So, you know, yeah. I picked it up after about two minutes. So I was more cautious than anything. But now I, um, you know, again, I, I think, you know, for me, musically, you put me on stage, you put a microphone on my face. I'm good to go. Yeah, I'm good to go, man. <laughs> yeah. I just I enjoy it so much, um, you know. But um, I think the the advice of you know connecting with my audience, mm-hmm. remembering like the lessons my voice teacher taught me about vowel sounds and opening up my breathing and breathing from my diaphragm and 
all that sort of stuff, I, I think still rings true. And that yeah. was 36 years ago that, that I was learning that stuff from Mrs. Bodwell, my, my voice teacher. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, it's just great lessons. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but, uh, but yeah, I, I think that's it. And just being true to, to the music that we want to play. Um, mm-hmm. you, you won't catch us playing songs that, that don't speak to us. Yeah. Um, even songs of bluegrass. If, mm-hmm. if, if it doesn't feel like us, authentic to us, we probably aren't going to do it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, Makes sense. Yeah. And then uh, what would you say inspires you? I'm always like curious when I talk to musicians and it, and it could be like with your own uh, performance or, or the songs you pick, but it could just be like general. Like what is it that, that yeah. inspires you? To, uh... Well, uh, I am, I mean, no, among other things that, that the band has going on, um, you know, we, we talk about life. We talk about families. Um, we're all family oriented guys. When we come mm-hmm. off stage, if it's not too late, we're all calling home. That's the first thing we do, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the really great thing. Um, I happen to be a man of faith. And so my faith plays a large part in what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, and I find a lot of inspiration in that. So when I'm at home, I, I also, you know, we'll, we'll share, uh, my gift, what I consider a gift with, uh, the congregation at church. And mm-hmm. that's, that's always a blessing. And, um, you know, and then, uh, when it comes to material, I'm, I'm kind of a sappy, sentimental guy, you know? And, <laughs> and so I like stories. I like yeah. music with great imagery. It could be bad imagery, right? It could be like this horrible murder scene, but it's really intriguing imagery. Um, yeah. Or it could be a really sad, sappy song about an old guy trying to dance with the ghost of his wife. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and uh, you know, it's, yeah. So, so I, I find inspiration in that. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of my songwriting is, is, um, it's not preachy. It's more just, Hey, stop and think about this. Mm-hmm. You know, how can we all kind of continue to maybe look for our better self? Yeah. And, and so, um, you know, whether it's through forgiveness or if it's through extending grace to people or whatever, um, uh, or don't get so down and hard on yourself for things that, you know, are just part of life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I kind of find some inspiration in, in writing songs about that or covering tunes about that. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I guess that that's, that's where I would find my inspiration. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. No, thank you. This was really cool. I love the advice that you shared. It's stuff that I've honestly never really kind of connected, but now that you do, it's shifted my paradigm of, of all, all these things. And I'm thinking of all the bands that aren't checking their set list and how, yeah. Yeah. You know? Uh, so I don't know. I just said, I lo- appreciate everything that you shared and uh, yeah. Thanks for your time with that, Alex. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. As you're in the full episode, Alex had the opportunity to play in one of the most well-known New England bluegrass bands of all time, Northern Lights. And to me, it was just such a wonderful thing that he got to be a part of representing Rhode Island in that way. But after being a band for 35 years, Northern Lights played their last show on March 13, 2010. And here's a song from that evening that featured Alex on vocals. Enjoy! Enjoy! 